I really just want somebody who's going to aggressively fight for me in court. Is that too much to ask? Filing an eviction should not be complicated. There's got to be an easier way. Nothing frustrates me more than having to wait for my attorney to call me back. I need them now. What I really need from my law firm is someone who can provide my staff training so we actually can stay out of trouble. When you have property management problems, we have your solutions. This is the Zona Law Group podcast with the experienced attorneys from Zona Law. And I am Mark Zinman. We are back here for the Zona Law podcast. Thank you for being here. I am with the brilliant Matt Kogemeyer. Nice to be here. The one, the only Matt Kogemeyer. <laughs> You're always too kind. <laughs> Anytime you have a serious face on it, always it throws me out. It's nothing but the joke, so I appreciate that. And a brilliant legal mind. So pools are open, amenities open. Everyone says the state's open. Where are we really at right now? Well, it looks like we're starting to make some progress to open things back up and to normalize. But with that, there has to be some steps taken. And we need to be careful about what we do, the speed that we do it, and how we do it. Yeah, critically important. It's not just like the floodgates open and everything goes back to normal, right? Right. It's not going not gonna to happen that fast. Yeah. So I think it's for us today, we're going to talk really about four clients, what they should be doing, steps that they can be taking. Because again, it's not the doors open, everything goes back to normal. You really have to change the way procedures are handled, how amenities are being handled, um, we've seen restaurants and bars, complaints already in the news. Right. And I think the important point right now is we need to be proactive in opening up our amenities, but we need to be careful on how we do it. Yeah, exactly. And we're seeing a lot of complaints already from tenants saying, you know, the amenities were open two weeks ago or 10 days ago, however long it was. And boom, they're starting to complain that the pool is not open, but it doesn't work like that, right? Right. They, with the governor's executive orders, as he's recently implemented, there has to be things done at this point to open up the amenities. We're moving in that direction. But it also requires compliance with CDC recommendations and also other healthcare professionals to make sure that we don't promote the spread of COVID-19, that we try to inhibit that. And we do need to open them up, but it has to be done within a reasonable period of time using reasonable safety Cautions. Yeah, and I think for property managers, too, because it's really a big ask, right? I mean, they're responsible to some extent just on a moral, personal level that they want to provide the best, safest property that they can for their residents. Yeah, that's a great point because they don't want their residents sick, but they want to supply the amenities that are part of the communities that they manage. Yeah, and so you and I talked about it before, and even in, let's call it the early COVID podcast that was, we got back from D.C. and we walked into like a totally different world, right? It, it it didn't seem like the same world that I came back to. <laughs> we almost wish we could go back to D.C. and just enjoy the, you know, the, the camaraderie we had there. But I think uh, we got out of D.C. just at the right time. Correct. Yeah, that was <laughs> unbelievable. Um, so after that, everything started happening really fast. And so if we go back through everything, I mean, the governor had a stay-at-home order at the end of March. Again, as of like April 29th, that was extended again. And we were kind of on that, okay, we're under this extension. At that point, they called it the stay home, stay healthy, and stay connected. And then we're under that. We are telling clients, okay, you can keep your pools closed if you want. It's safer to do that. It's safer if you keep the gyms um, closed as well. And then May 12th comes. And we get the stay healthy, return smarter, return stronger. So what did that do? Well, what that did is basically give us the green light to start opening things up again. Um, you know, And it says that in his executive order that we need to do it in compliance with the CDC. We need to make sure those things are followed. And so when you're opening up amenities, you have to consider uh, letting people know 
what the risks are, perhaps by signs. You have to make sure that you provide appropriate cleaning. That's something we've never had to do before, and considering the number of people that go in and out of clubhouses, swimming pools, and so on, that's going to be a constant challenge. It's going to take a lot of vigilance. Vigilance. Vigilance on the part of the manager. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's not easy to to stay on top of those things, right? And you have right. all of the social distancing on top of that as well um, as the cleaning. So let's let's take a look at it. So I, I, so one of the few times I'll take to notes here uh, on the podcast, but. The executive order from May 12th says allow businesses to gradually and safely open in compliance with federal guidelines as the state continues to mitigate and prevent the spread of COVID-19. So that's setting it out, I think, for our property management clients, which is this isn't an open the floodgates thing. You need to take steps, procedures, and then create policies of how to handle this. Correct. And that also includes, and you made a great point before we started the podcast today, on obtaining cleaning supplies. Sometimes hand sanitizer isn't the easiest thing to get a hold of, and especially in the quantities that's going to be needed. But they need to start looking around. They need to find those sources, provide those things, have people come in uh, clean, and have their staff and maintenance cleaning on a regular basis also. Yeah, and so the things that they should be thinking about, obviously, I mean, for me, top one, number one thing property managers should do immediately is get signs, right? Sure. Signed by the pool saying, use at your own risk, kind of explain CDC rules of, okay, you have this issue of COVID. In case you've been, you know, head in the dirt for the past three months, these are what's going on. This is what you should look for. Social distance if necessary. What other kind of things sh- should they be doing? Well, one thing about the uh, the signage, and, and I'll just make one quick point on that. It's a good idea to have that up because as far as adults go, you're warning them. And if they decide that they want to use those amenities, they're doing it knowingly, voluntarily, and intelligently, which means they've assumed the risk. Uh, while no one wants them to get sick, we're opening up amenities. We want them to use it. And, and so that's a great thing to do. Now, it won't really have any effect with children um, from a legal standpoint, but uh, it will help in terms of an assumption of risk so people know exactly what they're dealing with. Now, you're talking about a sign or a waiver? Well, a sign. Now, if you can get them to sign a waiver, that's great. Lawyers love to have that paperwork. <laughs> it's true. Anytime I can get somebody to assume a risk and sign off on it, I'd, I'd rather have it in writing. But I think Absolutely. the first step, obviously, is just the sign by the gate. So every right. single person that goes into the pool sees that um, sign and kind of assumes the risk that they're getting into it. I mean, if you're the Ducey's already also, uh, how he listed of things is that business should look to is promoting healthy hygiene practices, makes sense, intensifying cleaning, which again, there's businesses that do that, correct? Correct. Yeah, there's a. I am aware of a company that's come in to the market here of Safe from Spread. I think they come out and do the sanitization, correct? Correct. They do the sanitization, and then they teach you what you need to do in the interim between their cleanings to make sure things are as safe as possible. Yeah, and I think if you have that kind of – it's really a pitch to tenants as well. As, as of this date, it was done, it was taken care of, and these are the follow-up steps we're doing as well. And the idea is use reasonable precautions. Yeah. And I think for, um, well, going back to the executive order then, so you have monitoring for sickness, ensuring physical physical distancing. And then the big thing I think that uh, Governor Ducey left in is limiting congregation of people to no more than 10. Right. And that's going to be a real challenge. Especially in the pools and the gyms, I would think. And it's getting hotter. So where are people going to want to go? They want to go sit out by the pool and have a drink. That's right. And cool off a little bit. And people aren't going to be happy if you've got 10 people in there and you say, I'm sorry, we have 10 people already. 
You'll have to wait until someone leaves. But I do think it is necessary, the way this is written, is that management companies have to switch their policies at this point and say, we're changing our occupancy standards. Our new standard across the board is 10 people in the gym, 10 people in the pool at most. Right, and no one likes it, but it's something we have to do to be reasonable. Yeah, and so things that management companies should be aware of, which I don't think it's a breach of contract from any perspective, is once those pools are open, if you change your occupancy, you also may need to remove chairs by the pool. Yeah, make those physical changes so you can't have more than 10 people there comfortably. <laughs> well, that's the thing. is like if you think of a standard gym, like any gym down the street, they probably have elliptical after elliptical after elliptical. I know a lot of them are just taping off every other one to ensure that people are working out six feet apart. Right, and you might also implement time limits. You can use the pool for so long, and, and then you have to, if there's other people waiting, then give them the opportunity to use the amenity. And I, I think it's honestly a great idea – and this is where I think you and I as the lawyers get I feel bad for our clients is like, it makes total sense. You say, you have this policy, we have 10 people, you're each allowed to use it for half an hour and then the next in. And I think the hard part for property managers is they're going to have to be the ones to enforce that, right? Right. There's no, uh, you're not going to be able to call the police, say, go on out. All you can do is say, these are our policies. If you breach the policy, perhaps at worst, you're going to get a 10-day notice. 10-day notice. Yeah. Or a five-day health and safety, perhaps, or... Uh, you know, whatever other notice you can think of in order to try to enforce that policy. And we're trying to help our property managers as much as possible to adapt the policy so it's kind of works for them. But I, I'm just sympathetic because that's not the fit. You know, you don't want to go out there and have the residents start just complaining, oh, you can't limit me to 10, you know, half an hour, whatever it is. Well, yeah, that way everybody gets the benefit of the use of the amenities. Right. It's not fair to allow someone to use the amenity and exclude other people. Yeah. And I think along those lines, the next thing would be hours, right? If, if a pool, if you're trying to clean it regularly and obviously you can't clean it after every single person uses it, but if you have wipes, if you have, um, hand sanitizer available and then try and do cleaning throughout the day if possible. Right. And, you know, have them use sanitizer when they go in, have them use sanitizer when they go out. Yeah. It's a good idea. And also you can limit the hours that the amenities are open, whereas before it may have been amenities were open 24 hours a day. Right, or the pool's open till 10 o'clock at night, but no more. I mean, you could say it's going to be open during normal business hours because you have to be able to implement those cleaning policies when staff is there. So what do you think about the tenants that are complaining, oh, my God, my amenities are not open as much as I want. I'm going to sue or I get out of my lease. What's your take on that? Well, I don't think under the circumstances that would be grounds to terminate a lease. I think that following the governor's executive orders, following the federal government's guidelines for health purposes, basically allows a landlord to do that, and a tenant's not going to be able to terminate their lease over it. It's, it's for health and safety. As I said, as no one likes it, you know, it's what we have to do in order to be safe right now and to comply with the governor's executive orders. Um, and everybody's just going to have to live with it. Yeah, and I agree. I think before, before let's say, May 12th, the thought process was, okay, governor shut everything down, gyms closed, uh, you know, the pools are closed. But now that we've changed to the, you know, stay healthy, return smarter and return stronger concept, businesses do have to start working to open those amenities up, but it's not going to be in the same way. The hours may be limited, the occupancy is limited, and I think all of that is fine as long as the managers are taking those steps. Right. They can't just say, well, we're going to keep everything closed until this whole thing blows over. That's not going to work. Yeah, we don't know when that's going to be. 
So we touched on waivers earlier. I do. What what's what are some of the positive and negatives? Obviously, we at Zona Law we created a waiver for our clients that want it. Hey, sure. you ask us to do something, we will definitely do it. But what's your take? Give me the positive and negatives. Well, the waivers from a legal standpoint is a very nice thing to have. You mentioned that earlier. You get somebody to sign off on a waiver. That's a great thing. Waivers sometimes are unenforceable. Um, waivers can act as a deterrent for someone making a claim. Waivers can also open up the doors to things like assumption of risk where the people know, okay, I've signed this waiver. I've assumed a certain risk. Uh, if they've allowed their children to go into those areas and if their children, unfortunately get sick, uh, and there's a comparative negligence issue. So there's a lot of different facets where it does help. And the negative issues, well, trying to get everyone to sign one. Yeah. I mean, what happens if you have 99 tenants in a property and then one, the hundredth tenant doesn't sign. What's, what's their status? Uh, their status is that, you know, they may have just as much knowledge as anyone else. You might be able to hold them to it later. It all depends on the facts. And that's where signs help. <laughs> that's where signs help. <laughs> that's that assumption of risk. If they won't sign it, at least they've read it. Yeah. And right. I still, I mean, I, for me, I always just look at it as a practical side. I can't imagine standing in front of a judge where the tenant's suing saying, well, I had no idea I could go outside and get exposed to COVID-19. Right. That's, that's not going to fly in this day and age. Yeah. I'd love to be the attorney on the other side and be like, your honor, I don't think he comes across as so credible to me right now. Right. And I don't think a jury would ever believe it. I don't think a judge would ever believe it based on the, uh, information available on the internet, information available on the television, all of the executive orders. Everyone's been talking about COVID-19 for such a long period of time that you'd pretty much have to be a hermit without any communication to the outside world, not to know what's going on. Yeah, and I think so then that goes to the liability side is, okay, what claims would a tenant have potentially to go after a property manager or an owner? And I think as long as the property manager or owner is taking proper steps following what they suggest from CDC, I don't think there's a ton of lot of liability there. I think there's a protection no. inherent in taking the reasonable steps, and it's an epidemic. We're in the middle of it. I think you're spot on. I mean, the reality is that when you take reasonable steps – under the circumstances, for what we know now, then you're not going to be falling below that standard of care that imposes liability. So you're exactly right. Use those reasonable steps, uh, cleaning, sanitizing, limiting the number of people, putting the signs out, doing what you can do, because you can't do everything and you cannot guarantee that someone will not get COVID-19. The other difficult part of this is whoever's making a claim has to prove where they got it and why they got it. So if you're taking reasonable steps, then unlikely there's going to be any liability. Yeah, and you're the perfect person to touch on this, obviously, because you handle personal injury claims as well as the landlord-tenant matters. I mean, that's where it comes from, right? Premises liability, which is the reasonable sure. person. Yeah, it's like a, a slip and fall. Just because you slip and fall in a grocery store doesn't make the grocery store automatically liable for your injuries. They would have had to have done something that's unreasonable, which is allowed the hazard to stay for such a period of time that they knew or should have known that it needed to be fixed and they didn't do it. And that's why slip and fall cases are very difficult. Yeah. When and I think that logic though, it explains really well for landlords why they can restrict or change their policies on amenities because they're doing it to protect that exact issue, right? Exactly. That's, that's the reasonable man standard. And so if they say, Hey, you know, it's not reasonable for us to have it open when we're not here to look over occupancy that's a totally justifiable, reasonable standard, and you can defend that. Yeah, you're exactly right. You're so the, the final 
part of all of this, of course, is what's going on in the legislature right now, which is the legislatures are looking at um, bills to fully protect businesses as long as they kind of meet that reasonable standard. But we don't know if that's going to pass. That's going to be an interesting one to watch because, as you mentioned, there's support for that. But where there's support, there's always opposition. Yeah. And so the, the premise concept is that, you know, Arizona may pass a law, and I think there's been one passed in Utah already. Um, I think it's gone entirely the other direction in California, but, but again, it's California, so we never know what's going on there. <laughs> but, they're, you know, different legislators are proposing ideas of protecting businesses from lawsuits because as long as they're taking reasonable steps. Because a lot of times it's not just the end judgment. You just don't want to be in the lawsuit itself. Right. The lawsuit itself can be very expensive, time-consuming, and, and take you away from your business purpose. And unless you've acted in a way that would unreasonably expose people to COVID-19, then really, as a practical matter, there should be no liability. Yeah. And so as much as possible to our viewers, obviously, get connected with AMA because I think they're down there lobbying on these issues. I think they're going to probably have people contacting the legislators as well to, as much as you can, just be in communication. It helps. Um, so where do we go from here? We always said every day is changing. It seems like we're slowing down, even though on this one we got maybe a day or two notice from the to open up. But where are we going? Well, things, it does seem like it's slowing down. It does seem like it. there are a lot of efforts to get back to what we call normalcy. I think we're all watching also what the statistics are in terms of how many new cases of COVID-19 are out there. And is opening things up going to cause another wave in this pandemic? So... At this point in time, based on what we know, following those steps that you've mentioned, we've discussed, I think it's about the best thing we can do at this point. Watch and see what happens on the on the next wave of information, which could be uh, tomorrow, which could be in 10 minutes. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we also do expect something from the federal government again, and we'll probably come back and do another podcast on that because that's an entirely different subject. I think for now, the takeaway really is amenities have to be open. We got to get to that point. But you don't just open the floodgates. You take steps. You change your policies. You change your procedures to protect your residents and to protect on a liability side. Right. And I think taking that common sense approach, taking it in small steps to protect not only the residents but also the staff uh, at, at these communities is absolutely necessary. So, Matt, I get to see you in the office, but it's always great to see you here as well. Great to see you too. All right. We'll see you guys next work. time on the Zona Law Podcast.